0: out there foxes fans and welcome back to yet another edition of the u.s foxes podcast coming to you live as always in various parts of the united states i as always am your host Matt folks in san diego joined this evening by two of my co-hosts uh we are without chris he's pressing the buttons behind the scenes tonight and uh we do appreciate his work but he's not going to be uh voicing his frustrations tonight that's going to be up to uh, Jim and Jason, uh, Mr. Jim Harris down in Houston, Texas, Texas Foxes. Good to see you, buddy.
1: You too. Um, uh, always the silver lining of being a Leicester fan is getting to hang out with you fine, fine friends every week after so we can wallow in our misery together.
0: Yeah, we're going to bitch, but at least we can bitch together. Uh, Mr. Jason Becker in New York City. How are you, my dear friend? I-
2: I'm missing Chris, uh, tonight. I I need, uh, Chris's rays of sunshine, but I guess the the benefit of only having three of us is that there'll be plenty of room for us to go ride around town in a mini.
0: Yes, definitely. (laughs) If you guys notice the, if you guys notice the title of the pod today is, uh, minimized. That's a, a genius reference. Uh, Mr. Jason came up with, uh, this evening, um, that's just great, dude. Just uh, perfect and exactly. I mean, it just encapsulates everything. yeah, it's funny how
2: that symbol has kind of changed of the club because you remember when when we signed in Golocante and he was running and riding his bicycle to work, and then he drove around the mini forever. and it just showed the the kind of humility, but also um that that attitude that that our side had and the players on, unless city football club had where it didn't matter what was going on. didn't matter how small you were. You were going to go out there and you were going to race against anyone like you had Michael Schumacher and Mario Andretti's love child as your driver. And, um, now, uh, I guess, um, that, uh, Actually, I think it's a it's a great car brand, but um, uh, being yeah. used to, uh, to to kind of downplay us and, and, and make it seem like we can't compete. And that um, I don't know that that uh, fearless mentality seems to be going away. And if anyone's not catching the reference uh, ahead of um, our game against Chelsea this weekend. Brendan Rodgers described the matchup as um, minis versus Ferrari. So a wonderful way to kind of instill confidence amongst your players um, and the fan base heading into um, such a crucial game.
0: Yeah, he just keeps sticking uh, that Brig Northern Irish foot in his mouth. And uh, I don't know at this point how you get it to stop. I think at this point it's just his nature. Um, he, he can't stop himself. Uh, he just continues to do things to drive us all insane, uh, on the pitch, off the pitch, at Seagrave, away from Seagrave, you name it. And uh, he is just talking out of his ass, Jim.
1: Absolutely. Uh, maybe he, uh, uh, to, to, to build on Jason's comment, without Ranieri we, and the Mini, we couldn't do the Italian job. So you know, there you go, the, the reference, the deep cut. And I'm talking about the original, not the Marky Mark. But the cooler cars. Yeah. Exactly. So um so maybe yeah we uh, well I lost my train of thought because I was so excited about my joke that I was had prepared. <laughs> well
2: you know, speaking of Ranieri and 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 you know he described his team as um a bunch of, of um fighter pilots, fighter jets. So he said that my team is like the RAF. Yeah. And yeah. now we are like a, a big locomotive going backwards on the
0: tracks. A little it's bit of quite, Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, just pick a manager and I mean, you can look at their managerial styles and differences. I mean, whether it was, you know, Claudio with us at the total height of our, you know, time as a club versus where you can look back at 2014 with big Nige and uh, creating that bubble around his guys to keep out the world and the negativity to um, fight, to stay awake and to to stay alive in the, in the premier league. And, and we're just seeing the exact opposite right now from our manager, Um, whether, yeah, he's, he's calling, you know, and to your point, Jason, many's are great cars, but if, if, if you're going to say something like that, I don't know how you can then go into a locker room and and say, Hey guys, all right, let's go ahead and let's go out there and do this together today. Um, And it really just speaks to just the lack of, you know, cohesion, anything that seems to be going on. Um, another defeat, guys, to Chelsea. We'll dive right into it. Uh, if if you if you watched, you just saw more of the same. Um, missed chances, uh, guys that just look like they don't want to be playing there. More Danny Ward madness. I mean, he did have a few good saves, but there, again, we saw that thing where if he has to think about it, it's done. Uh, it's these quick reactions though. He can stop those all day. Like if his brain doesn't have to be used, he can make the stops. So. Danny Ward's just another, um, you know, piece to the to the crab pie right now that we've got to get figured out. Um, subs were terrible. Um, yeah, former player scoring on us. That's always the best as well. Um, I guess let's just dive right into it. Jason, um, let's, your thoughts. We see the lineup. Big Dan's in there again. 3-5-2. Uh, I, we do get to see Daka and Nacho up there together. So I guess there were. If, if you were trying to be an optimist, you could have looked at the lineup and said, hey, okay, maybe maybe we'll get something today. Your thoughts uh, on Saturday morning?
2: Yeah, you know, I didn't mind the lineup. I thought it was probably um, one of the best sides we'd be able to put out. Uh, the wingers haven't been working in the last few weeks. Let's just be honest about that. Uh, Barnes and Tente have had a rough go. We're not scoring goals. Um you know, let's let's get two strikers up there. You know, Iannato is starting to sputter a little bit. Uh, DACA doesn't do as well as as a lone striker, so let's play them together. Um, and if you remember when we um, kind of went on uh, that run, uh, the year we won the FA Cup and um, things were clicking, Rodgers switched back to that that three at the back formation with two, with, with and and Vardy up front whenever he could. Um, But the difference I think then was he was able to play a hot hand and now we're kind of in panic mode um, and just trying to kind of piece something together to, um, again, though, out football aside, um, if you look at the 11 names on on the the team sheet, it's really not bad at all. I mean, there's quality out there, but still, we can get into this a bit, but Rodgers still seems to kind of want to manage for the team that he thinks that he has and not the personnel that that's available and certainly not the 11 that went out there to play. We created chances. We, we won the XG battle, but um, we're still hemorrhaging goals. And. You know, it's about some it's time to kind of be pragmatic and figure out how we're going to pick up points. But we can get into that, you know, after we kind of digest the game, I guess.
0: For sure. And, you know, I think he it it, it to your point, he, he's just convinced that he can play himself out of this. Um, all you have to do is just look at his complete lack of desire to change anything anything going forward i mean when you're down in a game anyway like let alone the fact that we're in now in a relegation fight but just if you were say we were in sixth and we were playing chelsea when you go down and you know the time is running out and it's like okay maybe let's start getting some balls forward here let's launch some balls let's get some offense going no we're just going to keep playing it out of the back and doing these backward side passes with you know three minutes left in the match uh speak to that dude i do you think it's just more of his just ineptitude i well what's what's what is it
2: he made changes he made he made subs but i think he made the wrong subs and kind of killed the game um i all of you guys that 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 are in group chats with me know that um pappy Mendy is a player that can like really do my head in sometimes um just a lot of always making the the safest pass possible, which is usually backwards and usually less than five yards and just kind of hiding and shying away from the ball. But I thought he played great. I thought, I think he was um, probably our best player and I just, unless he was injured or tired, I just don't understand why he was taken out of the game and Samari is put in, who seems to like come back from the world cup break and just forgotten about like how to play football and what you're supposed to do on the pitch. And there's just no urgency for him. Um, Our wingers are just not, not doing anything now. And um, Daka seemed like the only, even though he had a rough game kind of physically all over the pitch and holding up the ball, He did look like the only guy who was going to score a goal and he was the only one. Uh, on the side who did score a goal so um maybe he doesn't have 90 minutes in his legs because he hasn't been playing much but um yeah some of the um subs were a bit baffling and also some of the way that the side was set up was was a bit baffling to me as well i'm sure we'll jump into that too
0: yeah jim you in agreement on all that it just (laughs) just yeah shit against the wall let's see what sticks
1: well, I obviously read Rob Tanner's article midweek and went to uh, 5 three, 2 you know. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I think it was time to try something a little bit different. I think the crazy thing is we've been talking about playing a high line and how vulnerable, vulnerable we are. And we switched to three at the back, which in theory should give us a more permanent presence in the middle. It should narrow down, you know, play those center backs sort of width of the penalty box or um somewhat you know spread them a little bit but sort of create some solidity and it didn't work and i think we'll get into like the goals in a minute but um the the biggest thing is it's just we're just too slow with the ball still like there's no like we had we did make a few good chances in the first half and i i do want to say that first 10 minutes We looked all right. And I felt like, oh, it's not gonna be too bad. Let's let's see how we're in this game. We're kind of progressing. Nothing really happened. I don't think anything in the first like 10 minutes happened. And then all of a sudden, from a corner that was a lobbed deep corner flicked over by Fafana to to space. You know, you think, oh, Kooli Bali, he's out, he's what's he gonna do down the left wing? And he turns. KDH inside out. And then, you know, he gets across and you think, oh, that's a nothing cross. You know, that's just to the far post, but you know, no danger there. And, you know, of course, it's to Ben Chilwell, of course, he, all he does is he says, I'm just going to get it on target. I'm just going to make sure I get contact. And you know, I've watched this goal now like five or six times just to see like what happened. I don't know why I did that to myself. You, yeah, I was just, gonna say you do you must hate just, yourself. You know, I'm watching, you know, first of all, I'm watching the defense. Maybe you were trying
0: to figure out what he was pointing at because none of us could figure that out. Well, I, think, I mean, dude, were you able to figure yeah, that out?
1: I was trying to figure it out, yeah, Matt, because he's pointing at people in the middle, and I think all he can all I can think of is He's pointing at his center back to say, okay, Chilwell's going to just put it back into the box. He's going to like maybe head it, maybe just sort of get it in danger. So make sure you're marking up and he's looking, he's looking, but he's not concentrating on what's happening with the ball, the body shape of Chilwell, who's clearly all he's thinking is, oh, look, and he leaves a huge gap on the near post. So A, it's poor positioning. B, it's crap reactions as well he fell over like he was you know uh, had a life alert attached to him and he was you know yeah. tr- about to ring the bell in the shower um and i just think about it like yeah you know could we say yeah uh, Pereira could he have closed down chill well a little bit quicker you know don't let it drop it hung in the air for so long that it's just like what are we doing um and i just think like after the first 10 minutes, and, and I literally thought, you know, and the commentators, oh, well, Leicester normally do quite well in the first 15 minutes and have scored goals. And it's they haven't been watching us recently. Um, we haven't had a shot on target for, you know, three games, you know, whatever. Um, apart from the other, but, and Chelsea didn't have a score in the first 15 minutes. Oh, guess what happens? They freaking score. And then at that point, it's like, okay, this is going to be messy and horrible. But I think to the team's credit, They actually kind of pushed on, and we created some chances. And I think we had, like, straight away after Mata's free kick that Amati did the best defending he performed the whole game.
0: Great point. Great point. Uh, Misses and uh, sitter that we've seen a few of these the last few games where guys literally just have to have their forehead forward. And the ball will go in the net, but instead they move it this way a little bit, and it goes off into row four uh, instead of just going in. It literally, some of these goals, I, <laughs> it's just insane to me. It is harder to find a way to miss them than it is for them to go in, and that just it—it's more on the season and what's happening. I think it's just the perfect cherry on top. Um, yeah, that goal from from Chillwell, and I knew it was going to be, and then the little fuck goes and slides with his celebration, and it just—if you—if you're a longtime listener, you know that is one of my all-time pet peeves, and I feel like it used to be a bigger pet peeve for a lot more people, but now there's like this you know, attitude where it's okay to celebrate against your former club, but I never subscribed to that, but uh, more proof to me, just the character of Ben Chuel and the family he came from that forced their way out of Lester city, just scum. Uh, anything else there, Jason? Speak on.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he made comments that he never had to make after he left at it him. It's just weird. It just shows that like, you're just like still, I mean, we're adults and we're talking about it, but, um, you know, just shows that kind of like just immature kind of like you're just like still it's like a big kid, like the world kind of revolves around you. And it's just like, I don't know, just that, that, that type of attitude and that like pretty boy kind of like yep. just douchey um modern footballer is just you know it's just really hard to to ever like him even when they do play um for your side and you know he wants to give it large and do do that now but uh he was also the same player that was afraid to take throw-ins against Bill Walsh so um uh, yeah. but of course you know he got his last laugh and, and you look and you know if you're Ben Chilwell it's like all right, pal. Go slide with your with your on your knees and your hands cupped because you scored against lesser. But like, that ain't nothing special these days. Everyone's doing it. So join the club. Yeah, big, big whoop. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, you might like. You know, it's like uh, yeah. I, I just I I don't I don't understand I don't know I mean I know fans have been getting on him but. Um, yeah, but we did respond well to the goal. Mm. Uh, the, the there were some some really good chances, and I think um, there are some positives from the game. Um, the the side did fight. It was a nasty game. I think a lot of us have been wanting to see a little bit of just like meanness, a little bit of nastiness from the boys because we're just just too nice. They get pushed around all the time. You gotta you gotta do that and. I mean, maybe Ricardo was probably also lucky to even stay on the pitch after he got his studs up. Um, but it was great. It's like every time Jao Felix got the ball, we put a little hot sauce on on every tackle, on every clearance, and we want. I want to see more of that. So that was that was encouraging because it seems like that is just not the kind of Rogers way. But the players did understand that. Hey, we're gonna have to fight here, um, mm-hmm. there's still a little bit of bad blood, I think, between the sides. Um, going back to the 2020, 2021 season. So that is good. But what we're seeing, and when we talk about these missed chances, that, like, it's harder to, to miss than to score. I, I think some of that's a symptom of just the players are being overcoached and, they don't, and they're low on confidence. And you've got guys that are constantly trying to think about what they're doing wherever it is on the pitch, but especially when they're in front of goal, mm-hmm. instead of making an instinctive play. Um, and I just, it just feels like there's, and it just, that's the way this kind of season has gone. Every time things have gone poorly, you know, we're, we're changing things up. We can't make the quick pass that the other, our opponents seem to make because the players are just always trying to remember where their teammates are supposed to be. Where am I supposed mm-hmm. to play this ball? Um, where at this point of the season, there's really no excuse for that it should be second nature it should be something that that you can manage a side to do in their sleep and it's something that we have had a lot of trouble with
0: and and yeah he's a human shit bag and his uh he's got terrible amish hair or whatever the hell joel's hair is right now i don't know what that style is but it's awful uh it looks like a mushroom from mario but i will say that kind of finish is what we need like Here's a one on on target. Well, just on (laughs) target. You know, you have a keeper that's struggling, that's in his own head, that has been terrible week after week. Just kick the fucking thing on target. And I'm sure that was the message from Potter is just put balls on frame and they will go in, guys. And right now. Instead of doing that, we are all trying to do Brendan Ball. And yeah, Jason, it's exactly like you said. Instead of just kicking it, it's where can I pass this to pass this? And then I'll mm-hmm. get a position to kick it in instead of just kicking it in. And that overthinking is just paralyzing us, Jim.
1: Yeah, I I I agree. And I think you know, I I think watching a lot of sort of analysis, you know, from Tifo and people, you know, there was a video they brought out about, sorry to mention them, but Spurs and how they kind of are boring to watch and they just do this if a team sits back this what they call the horseshoe where it's just going right wing back to left wing back and sort of filtering through the center mids and i think we kind of are very much the same and it reminds me a lot of england when they are also not able to progress the ball you know you have you you kind of the team whoever you're playing knows like no one's going to really beat me they're not going to play an intricate pass you know, I'm not saying that didn't happen on Saturday because I think it did. And we did create some good opportunities, um, as emphasized by the XG win that Jason mentioned earlier. Um, but like generally, I think it's just the speed of the ball that moves is like, actually it's one of those where it's the players could run faster with the ball and the ball moves, but it, it, and that's, that's opposite. But I think what happened was we sort of started getting back into the game after the goal you know we had the amati chance whatever it was clearance um but then we're kind of pushing and pushing and i felt like okay we're, we're all right we're all right and then we just start squeezing up we're squeezing up and i think there was a bit more pressing this weekend you know we, we lambasted them for pressing a high line playing a high line but not pressing and i think they did start pressing i think Having two up front, you know, you saw Daka was running. You saw that KDH was closing down. We saw that, you know, Ricardo was pressing up high up the pitch as well and sort of squeezing over. And I think Amati was obviously playing at more of a, a wide right mid, uh, fullback. But then what happens is we're pushing up, we're pushing up. No one's paying attention. And we have a huge let off when a simple ball over the top puts Yao Felix through. And he takes it down and you know, it's, it's an amazing touch from, from the kid. He's a, I love watching that guy. Um, and, but he just like, takes it, takes it, watches Ward kind of amble out and then dinks it. And, it, you know, just kisses off the post, you know, like a, when you're playing pool and you kiss the cue ball off the, the, you know, the the bumper, whatever it's called, the cushion. Sorry. I <laughs> can not remember the word for a second. Um, it's been a long day at work today, but, you're like, okay, right. This is a let off again. But again, it's like, okay, heads up, heads up, guys. We go to the other end of the field. And, you know, I think the chance where KDH's shot hits the bar, oh, you the know, it's like, oh, yeah, commentators go wild. And I watched it and I went, he hit that about like half a mile an hour. It had a huge deflection and it just kind sort of looped onto the onto the top of the bar. Hey, but it was a shot. He sure, tried. I something. was going to say, I can't like, blame
0: them. They're just getting excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and we're pushing with like, we're creating these openings and there's like, the, there's, de- there's some, there's some daylight on this game that we can go and do something. And it was almost like Chelsea caught got in that, in that first bit, they felt like they could just still kill us off with a second goal. Which they nearly did like three or four times before, you know, um, and it left some space for us to create some chances. And I think um, we did try and do something. And and you know, and I can keep going. I right, you know, hand back to you guys for a minute. But like, it led to their two nil slash one nil again with with again, João Felix. But, you know that, but that was a great play. That was like proper football bing 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 cross goal and it's like thanks Joe felix for just like running too much and getting too excited that that move was happening and we were saved by a a nat's knob as um people maybe say
2: <laughs> what well, you know when jim when you're contrasting like those two types of chances and mm. uh, i just have a question i don't know um who's going to answer this or if, if Rodgers is ever going to kind of come to terms with this, but why every week our opponents can play a through ball, play a diagonal ball, play a ball at the top and get clean through on goal. And we're never in that position. We never see our players ever do that. And that's when our strikers are at their best. That's when we scored like our most iconic goals. That's what we we're playing. When's the last time that's happened?
0: I can tell you, actually. It was the first kickoff of the game. Uh, we yeah, played yeah. a long ball to the corner. That was the sure. only time. But it, but it still wasn't like clean through on
2: goal. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Why, yeah. why can every team seem to do this against Leicester City Football Club? but Leicester City Football Club is completely unable to do this against anyone
0: else. Leicester like, City Football Club, who, who have built – our current you know our current status on where we are as a club our most legendary goals and course have come in that route jason you're every, exactly every, right
2: yeah every period of success that this club has always had that that counter that mm-hmm. ball that fast play is always there um DACA's a fast striker there's no reason why he can't get behind me, but it's because of the way that we're they're playing yeah uh, because of the disconnect between the lines um you've got um, defenders that are constantly having to turn around and run backwards. They're playing a slow, ponderous build up. And come on, we're not going to zip the ball around with KDH and with Pappy Mendy uh, as the midfielder. So okay. something has to kind of change there. And, um, and I didn't understand why the hell Dewsbury Hall is being forced to play on the right side of. Anyway, oh, I was gonna, I was gonna say you, that. You like, didn't even have to sit at the right side of the of the lunch table the canteen. I
1: mean, I, I actually, Jason. To your point, I think the last time we really saw a good through ball like that was KDH on the left hand side. Yes. Harvey Barnes. Oh,
0: putting right. oh, yeah. Harvey, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and and um, but that was him. It's almost like if for those of you who played FIFA, it's like you're hammering. You know, you're pushing up, pushing up and they can just spam a through ball and it just beats everything and everyone and you and the striker locks onto it and runs through. Um, but yeah, uh, but then, but then to your point, Jason, yeah, Felix post hit easy lob pass outside yeah. beats everybody. He's clean through the goal just that gets us
2: all, all game. yeah.
1: But then the, the pass through when they actually worked it through, They went through the middle of our two center midfielders to get to work the ball from left to right to spread it out along the ground. And then we can't even defend that because no one knows like where anybody is, what's going on. You know, in theory, we're playing, they're playing three up front, but they're really playing like habits just sort of drifted everywhere. You know, we should be being able to say, this is pretty easy. We've got a bank of three, just pick up, defend, like defend pick up and watch what's happening and like it's basic stuff. And I feel like this was the Harry suitors was probably his worst game, but I feel like he was sort of lost on where he was because he had two guys who were just like, who do the hell, whatever they want.
2: You said the word, man. I think you said the magic word basic, do the basics, make the football simpler, get clean sheets, You've, we're in a relegation scrap i don't know it seems like and nobody at the club wants to admit that like th- yeah. this, these guys are in serious trouble um i i if you're if we look at the table and where everyone is i almost use the table as my background instead of this um nice mini logo i just don't see i mean i i i don't see this team staying up with the way things are going um we're you know Giving up fast break goals, giving up goals over the top, having a keeper that's that's not making the saves that you expect him to make, um, and you just have this kind of sigh that's at, at, at an organization that both seem to be just in in denial and think, oh well, we've got the players are too are, are too good to go down, and the manager is too good to go down. No one is too good to go down. Yeah. No one deserves any. No one has a right to any points. Um, In this league, maybe unless you are, you're our Chelsea and you don't get handballs called against you in the box. But um, yeah, you can't take any matchup for for granted. I mean, this is just ridiculous. And um, so. Nothing's we, changing here. And the, the, it, we just did this team and Rogers does not know how to get back to basics. We want to over football and overcomplicate things. That's why guys can't make instinctive finishes. Guys can't make instinctive passes and we give up goals and we don't score. Yeah. And,
1: hey Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Cause you always ask us and you're a great host and, and then you indulge, indulge Jason and I. Um, so, we get the let-off, and then we get the goal. What are you thinking?
0: Uh, first of all, I was thrilled for DACA. Great finish, right? But I, it, it, if you're wondering, was I suddenly like, oh, hell yeah, here we come. This is going to work. No, I, I had no, no doubt in my mind that we were going to. Now, I did go crazy in the bar just in, you know, I definitely screamed. But I think that was just more... The fact that I got to celebrate a fucking goal, like, and we got, you know, shots on target. Um, I think, dude, like the whole thing, and you made, you brought this up last week, Jason, where we talked about players that know they're not going to be here next year and why would they, you know, give that extra bit? And I really think there's a direct line that you can draw with Brendan here too, where Brendan almost is got an arrogance about him where he doesn't want to dumb down his tactics. Like, that would be a, a shot at him that he can't figure his way out of this. And when you have rumblings in the media about, well, Tottenham, very interested in Brendan Rodgers. They love what Brendan Rodgers done. I think it's become very easy now for Brendan to just go, they didn't give me the players. They didn't give me that I wanted. I, I'm i still this brilliant uh, tactical technician. You give me the money and the players and I'll be fine. And I think that's leached into his mindset now where he's like, I'll end up somewhere else. I'll, I'll be at a bigger club. They don't want to fucking give me the money and the support that I need. Watch what happens now, guys. And I, I honestly think like that is now into the club. Because say we will about you know Nigel Pearson. Obviously, I love him. It's you guys, I got a dog named after him. But... You, Nigel's tactics were never something that, you know, they're going to write books about. But you never had a doubt in your fucking mind that that guy had his players back. That guy had the fans back. And that guy, not the media's back, but he, he he was going to do what it took or give his best to his players and to his team to win. And I think we have the exact opposite of that right now, Jim. And I think it's just permeating every level. And Brennan's just he's just kind of hmm, is mm. what it is
1: and, and I, yeah I, I I totally agree I think like the thing about Rogers, if he does keep this up and we go down and he thinks I'm gonna get another job I think the thing that people will look at him is a is he gonna say well I couldn't I couldn't like have didn't have the players to do this so if he goes to Spurs is he gonna he's shown he can't build a team and a squad like he Recruitment is not his strong point, and he's not getting players who play how he wants us to play. Like we've we've seen a few players now that have come in that maybe are a bit more Brendan Ball because Fastened um, Suter are centre backs who can play the ball. We have his inverted wing wing uh, his inverted fullbacks back. Um, We have James Madison, who's probably one of the best midfielders in the country um who is just probably one of the ones who maybe isn't here next season but he's not playing like he's not here he's playing every, he's trying everything i think he's trying too much in a way because he's like to jason's point hey no one else is going to move the ball around so i better do everything and, and and get that through um but i i think there's like and i think like brendan rogers if he doesn't go to a Tottenham he probably gets the new manager bounce and then they go on a run and they probably do really well but I think he's not showing that he's able to adapt and instill the basics and instill like confidence and instill like belief and I watched the Linder's video on Friday I think I gushed about him to all of you guys but just to kind of come and listen to like, how he thinks about treating his players and how he, they create the environment for thriving, but then the players build and want to do it. And how the players are the ones that also say, hey, this is what you've got to do. This is what you've got to do because this is how we do it around here. And he and Klopp kind of create that. And like the youngsters go and see Mo Salah you know, doing his preconditioning and then they go and do the Mo Salah preconditioning. Like I don't see where we've got like that in our, you know, in our club of like, who do you want to be like? Oh, uh, you know, I want to be like Vards and have a vodka and Red Bull before a game or whatever. Right. But like, we saw it when we were in, like when players came in, when we had Ranieri and when we had um, Nigel Pearson, to your point of this is how we play. This is our identity. This is what we do. we, Played some fantastic football under Rogers, and we had, but I don't think we ever really had a consistent identity. We were still a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Mm-hmm. And what happened is, we played on confidence, and we played instinctively, and I think we played a bit of fast football because of the way the players were in that mindset of knowing. To to your point, Jason, where are we? We don't have to think when we we don't have to look up and see where people are going to be. I can just play a ball quickly forward. And know someone's going to get onto it or I can create a triangle. And now it's like you see them get the ball and the first thing they do is look around like, okay, who can I give it to? First of all, because I don't want it anymore. And then how can I like, what are we going to do? Who's moving around me? And I'm not seeing it, but I don't think it's everybody. I think that's even worse. If it was everybody, it would be, but there's like a couple of players who are really trying to do it. And then it just breaks down and then you just see sort of the crowds, you know, we saw the stadium empty and we saw, you know, this is one of the first games where you're know, listening to Radio Leicester and people phoning in. A lot of them were describing it as boring. This is boring. I'm like, it's not boring. It's terrifying. Like I am not bored watching. Oh yeah. I'm like, stupefied. I'm, I'm going to think of all the adjectives I can think of now, like, you know, horrified of like the lack of skill, but I want to be slightly positive before you, cause like, I actually think we, did a really good job of, okay, we get back to 1-1. One, one. We then have a freaking, we put Mattis through. And, you, you know, Kepa pulls off a really great save. You know, Ricky kind of worked that angle. And then immediately it kind of pinballed back out. And then, yeah, Nacho had a shot. And that was saved as well. And it was like, those are really, like, he shouldn't have saved those one, You know, especially like the, it was just too close and it was a really great save. And Matt, you mentioned like Danny Ward saved the hard ones and he let in the easy ones in a way. And I feel like that's kind of Kepa's MO as well, isn't it? He saves the ones he shouldn't save. Yeah. Maybe should have done a bit better with, you know, I think for the, he did a Danny Ward for Dakar's goal, I think, where it was like, it, he wasn't ready for it. And yeah, once we've talked about Dakar's no backlift shots and it just curled in the right way. But I thought, right, guys, we can, it's 1-1, one, one, we're on top. The, the shots led to a freaking free kick. And then I'm going to let you guys talk about what happened during that free kick. Cause I'm too angry still. Uh,
0: uh, well, I just, it's, it's, it's more par for the course, right, Jim? Like we've seen it all season long. It just seems we get into those situations like that. And, and, i guess when you asked me earlier i'm at a point now where i can't get excited very easily because i just know that the inevitable letdown is coming on the other end um you know i I, it's 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 just one of those i i I think there's i think there are some newer uh there's certainly a lot more you know since since the title we have a lot more fans that's just a part of you know being a part of the greatest sporting story of all time you're going to have more fans but i feel like we're we're going to have a lot of fans that are going to have to come to terms with some difficult stuff and we've kind of lived a glorified um little run here when you look back at the 185 100 whatever 184 year history of the club 150-year cl- history of the club. What is it, 148 or 184? I've got those in my head right now. <laughs>
2: I, think, uh, I think you got 1884 in your head. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So um, when, when, when you look at this and, 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 and the history of where we've been and and you talk about just moments that we all have in our brain and we'll never forget, like Naki's Miss at Watford, for example, things, things like that. Where your your brain goes back to in these in these wonderful times of the FA Cup and things, and I just feel, I feel like there's there's a lot coming um, for a lot of fans that have been in some really really good times recently for us, and I, I, I think there's there's some some hard facts coming. I don't know what what do you think, Jim?
1: Well, Jason, what, what do you think about? Oh,
0: sorry, it? I, yeah, I can, Go ahead, Jason, room, on your on the free Yeah. Chicken
1: wing Fafana,
0: yeah.
2: Sorry, I. I um, can you repeat the question?
0: Yeah. Sorry, I, little... I I I I took it off track. That's my bad. We're we're, <laughs> we're talking about the 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 complete bullshit. No call on Fafana's chicken wings. That I mean, he stuck them out like this and blocked our free kick I that we have worked so well into bowl. getting. Yeah, I mean that's a penalty. <laughs> All day,
2: like Play every day. Out of here, man! It's a penalty, like. I understand sometimes there's an argument where, um, you know, the player doesn't have time and, you know, you know ball gets to him so quickly. Um, but that's why the wall is supposed to be where it is. You know, there is that distance that's there. So I think anything that happens to a player in a wall is fair game. It shouldn't be like, oh, well, he didn't have time to react. He clearly makes himself bigger. He's clearly leaning towards the ball. It's a penalty. I don't I just don't – don't know what else you can call it. Now, I do think we were a bit, maybe a bit lucky with, you know, some some other like sort of non-fouls that were called. I just, I think it was a really poorly officiated game, just like all over the place. Um, but that's kind of become par for the course um, for this league. I think um, the officiating is just as bad as, um, as our football sometimes. Do,
1: do you think, yeah. speaking of that, do you think that, I think that Pereira tackle in the first what five minutes, I think there was an element of it would have been a yellow if it wasn't the first five minutes. It was kind of a bit reckless, and I think, if, but he didn't, he didn't mean it, you know. But you know, as we <laughs> but, talked about when we had the non-yellow red card, was that in, anything worse than week, right Yeah, exactly.
2: Right. So I don't know. I don't think it was. Insane. I don't think it was. I don't. I don't think it was better than what Sabitzer did.
1: No, I don't think it was. I think it was just like. Crap! Play of someone going for the ball, missing, and going over the top. And I think you know, I think Sabitzer should have been at least a yellow. And we know the let- we know the letter of the law is VAR cannot give a retrospective yellow because otherwise games would last five hundred hours. Um. So, but well, to miss. <laughs> the... Sorry, go on, Matt.
0: No, I was just, just just kind of you know loop it all back together here. That's what I I wasn't even like I didn't even. Scream, get upset about it. I'm so fucking just dulled to these decisions now that I know we're not going to go our way. And I guess that's kind of... I've I've been lulled back into this, you know, well, we're Lester. Where nothing's going to go right for us. And it's been a while since I've felt that way. Well, I don't think that's a bad feeling, though. And
2: that's exactly... Like during the great escape, during um, some of the great runs in the the championship, um, that's kind of what Nigel would use to kind of motivate the guys and say, like, talk shit about the referees. Say, like, why would I speak to, you know, someone of that ilk and, you know, just completely, you know, go nuts on these guys and kind of help set that siege mentality, which, I mean, look, I'm not saying that Nigel's way is the only way. That's what any decent manager should be doing in a relegation scrap. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that stuff when you're when you're not. But any when any, any decent fighting manager fighting for right? everything, you need to make. You know, it's it, it. We've got our players second guessing every kind of play that they make,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but you need to make a referee second guess any decision that's going to go against your team, and they need to hear it. They need to feel the heat. He just doesn't want to do that and I mean yeah. I think this, this Craig, is, it should be it should be like Lester against the world it should be Lester against the officiating you know it should be um um us against uh, the the rich clubs but not as excuses more as right. just like fire yeah. for for the boys and motivation I think Both
0: Craig Lawton- say Right. I think Craig Pawson still when he closes his eyes at night, I think he still sees Nigel Pearson like just staring at him through his fucking soul. But uh, I mean, you see it. You see it with how our players treat the refs on the field when something goes wrong against Chelsea, five of them in that ref's face. And I know a lot of people this drives people nuts like they don't like the surround the referee tactic. But you cannot tell me after watching it in Europe and the way that it works it does fucking work and our guys could not be less interested in talking to the referee there is just i think
1: i think for that one they did because that was just the most blatant handball but but
0: if you look at them even like their facial expressions or even it's not like like it's not even like a screaming it's just like a you know it's like a kind of for those of you i know this podcast is an audio format but we do have the video going right now so you can't really see the face i'm making but it's just kind of like a laid back really kind of face when they need to be aggressive
1: kdh and matters were like matters put his head head in his hand and was like are you kidding me um because he had the best view in the
2: house he was about to go take a throw in until the referee stopped it he should have just not even gone to get that ball yeah yeah
1: you're right you're right um Maybe, maybe it was KDH then. Um, hey, they all look the same. Um, but they, I think the, but yeah, that, but then it was like you said, back to the officiating. So, you know, I'm thinking, let's just hold out. Half time. We've had a let off. They had the goal disallowed. They've hit the post. 1 1. Yeah, we've been hard done by. Just freaking ha- Like, we had the ball like up in their half on the 49th minute of four minutes of added time and then it's like oh you know yeah obviously there's extra added time because you know back to your point amati i don't know if he was adding sauce to that or he was just i think he was but you know he does a gary charles from the 91 (laughs) cup final um and what or kick sorry gaza on gary charles um so you know kicks him in the chest havertz and guess what the added time of that fa- that incident adds extra time, and but again, what are we doing for that gold, gents? I've watched that one three times as well, and it's like, let's just play a game of after you between uh, Harry Suter and Daniel Amati. Daniel Amati's, you know, watching, waving his arm in the air. Harry Suter's all he's doing, is staring at the. Kovacic looping it over the top.
2: It just – and there was extra – there was added time because of the VA the, yeah. the VAR review. And it's like, you know, that's if, – if I'm the manager, I'm like, we give up a goal in time that shouldn't have even been played. Yeah. And, uh, and you kind of use that. But, but we again, on. there's just no – no one – Aside from when you see, like, James Madison just try to, like, force a play, no one seems to kind of want to kind of take the ball, uh, take the game, like, take control of the game. And I don't know. like Our defenders don't even seem to, like, relish in defending anymore. I,
1: that, that to me, for that goal is like, okay, Harry Suter's watching. He's trying to hold a line or whatever. Daniel Amati, like we have both of them, and Habert is free and he just runs behind Suter. Daniel Amati just stands there letting him through, doesn't try and run. He could have tracked the run, headed it away. Like, yeah, it's beating your first guy, he's six foot six, but no, go with the runner. What they teach you when you're defending, okay, go with the runner, pick up your man. And he, you know, clever run by Habert. He runs behind Suter. So I think Daniel Amati's like, oh, you know, again, back to FIFA. He's confused the AI and he's tricked him that you know this person should be marking that that player now. No, he's your he's your man. Go with him. Deal with that ball, and see out the half. And we can't do it. And it's if if I'm if I'm Brendan Rodgers at half time, I'm gonna be going nuts at those guys, and about how to like what. But shouldn't we shouldn't be going nuts at half time because of basic mistakes. We should be. Thinking about like back three, how do you defend as a back three? How do you, how, how many times have we, been, like, how many times have been let off on marginal offsides in this game alone, let alone games where we've been caught on the break? Let's maybe not try and play offside all the freaking time to, you know, maybe they thought, oh, we've been fucking amazing at offside, playing offside because they had their chances when they, you know, VAR disallowed that first one. Oh no, maybe you should have looked at the Jao Felix one when he hits the post, you know, 20 minutes ago and think, what were we doing then? Let's not do that again. So, you know, good play from Habert, shit play from us, I think is that. And it's just we can't see out half. We've got no no steal, no ability, no backbone on that. And that to me is like unforgivable when you're playing a back three and you let them go to, waltz down the middle with a basic, a basic just lofted. You know, ball.
2: So, it was just, Rogers will not just make defense. sure this team does the defensive basics, and mm-hmm. we're going to give up goals. And then also that I mean I don't know, but like Ward might as well have just sat down the goal because he had time to get out there yeah. and start to go, and then stop. To go stops, and then yeah. just watch, watch. I mean, he I'm I'm never seen a keeper watch more balls go into the net. That's death. crazy.
1: Maybe, maybe he was so shocked that his defender didn't track the run. You know, I like, probably. Like, I mean, I I oh, hard. he wasn't watching hard. the
0: ball. It was his eyes were rolling so hard in the it's, back of it's his head. Basically, like, <laughs> that's
1: listen. what
2: drove him back.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It's a looped lob. You know, it's probably like what eight yards out. So it's kind of on that border of you know, Danny Ward's rooted on his line and he's not really anticipating anything. Probably saying, look, if I'm on my line as a goalkeeper, my my centre back should be kind of. On the eighteen-yard box, or well, just in and packing it
2: at that so, point. So he, here's the thing, though. Like we we know all this, right? Like we can <laughs> we, we, we know, we we don't, know it's not our No, I'm not saying like oh, we know better than them. <laughs> no, I'm no, definitely that. not. My, my point is, um, we're like trying to dissect. Oh, this, and maybe we're he standing here and he watched this and uh, look. These guys are just not on the same page when it comes to defending. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, that's what's happening here. Like, there is uh, – the players are being asked to, to do things that they just you don't have the physical ability to do or the ability to stay, you know, focus as long as they are, uh, as long as they need to be to kind of see out the half. Mm-hmm. And you have a, uh, a goalkeeper who's clearly expecting his defenders to do something different and the defenders are expecting their goalkeeper to do something different. Yeah. So we are now 26 games into the season and the back line, the defense is a absolute mess. It's a total mess. And when we look at like what's going to happen with this side, I mean, for me that says it all. And if we're going to have any prayer in kind of staying in this division, then that needs to get sorted out. It takes Rogers forever to sort that stuff out if he ever does it at all last season we went through the whole season with just like just diabolical defending on set pieces
1: Mm -hmm.
2: we got we we finally needed to get a set piece specialist because i don't know who the heck was doing it um at at the club um but um you know we don't get the guy in until this year because no one has to figure out um, what the visa like issues are. Permit, right. And he couldn't, but then the like, sergeant,
1: and he had his work permit issues, so he couldn't join or something. Yeah. Like. So like no, no,
2: no one even yeah. well, saw so that. Thanks and,
1: practice, but he's
2: Norwegian. So they're not yeah, in so the so EU so anyway. So, um, but then we don't, we actually did a terrible job defending set pieces in this game too. And, and yep. war, yeah, like, well, yeah, the first minute of the second
1: half, we see the other side of Danny Ward where he doesn't, think about it. I think it hit him more than he saved it in a way. But um we've talked for like we can probably do the second half a lot quick more quickly um than the first half. But I think a couple of questions, something that triggered me, Jason, on what you were saying. So I think, you know, we I, I went in half time. Hey we've been on like we've had some let offs. This could be our day. You know, we okay that last thing was there. But we at least we like we have the save. We do make some good chances, you know, Nacho chance that he should have done better on Castanier off the line, but it was kind of a packed line anyway. When Gallagher clears it off the line for castania we then make a freaking great chance for KDH from six yards that he just can't put in the goal on his strong foot as well. And then, yep, then we go, oh, 3 1 on Madrick through disallowed offside because of a toenail again. Thank God. And then it was 3 1 really. And then I'm going to get to my question for you guys. of if, Are we going to see with Wild Fast getting a red card, Brendan Rogers, and Johnny Evans kind of hopefully becoming fit? Actually, this is where he has to change his tactics because he can't play a high line with Johnny Evans and Harry Souter. And do we have a leader at the back who maybe adds some solidity? And does this maybe become the sort of, inadvertent catalyst for some change that he has to do something different. What, like, what do you guys think about that?
2: I'm praying that that will be the case. but I also <laughs> need <know> to <laughs> pray crazy. that Johnny Evans is going to be able to stay fit.
0: That's my whole thing. To Make it through a whole game.
1: Well, let's just say he can, because we've got one game a week. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. For the rest of the season, we've got a couple of midweek. Then we have two midweek games for the rest of the season.
2: Whatever. Yeah, so I I'm hope I hope Jim because everyone else in the world can see this. Everyone's talking about it. In between taking down tweets, taking down the government, Gary Lineker spotted that and was even tweeting about. It. Yeah, so um, solidarity with uh, with Gary, by the way. Yeah, but well, uh, oh, I
0: had a I had a whole thing at the end of the podcast. All right, so yeah. okay.
2: <laughs> so I don't know. Somehow, Rogers is the last man on on Earth who um
0: he knows who can admit
2: He's... that this is an issue and we cannot play this high line with this.
0: It's it's pure 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 arrogance at this point. It is pure arrogance, and he will not bend. He will not fold. I think it's adorable, Jim, that you thought, it, you you mentioned the the word yell and Brendan in the same sentence because <laughs> that guy. I swear to God, he'd be at home. He'd smash his thumb with a hammer and say, "Oh, that's unfortunate." And then his wife would, you know, bandage it up for him, and he'd give her the. That's no, he'd probably flag. say that
1: he'd probably say that he meant to do it because he'd been he'd seen um, an obscure European coach do that in 1973, and it inspired him to have inverted fingernails or something.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, is that what we're calling high nails is these days? <laughs> inverted, uh, inverted, inverted toenails. He would
0: call it yeah. that. He would <laughs> find a way to call it that and make him sound. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, no. What he would also do is he would play his pinky toe on the on his right foot on the left side of his foot, and he would put play...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just a little uh, re- reconstructive surgery to make it all work. Um, it, yeah, Jim. I I just. I, I, I really do hope, maybe, but, j- it, you know, if Johnny were 26, maybe I'd feel a little bit different, but this is, we, we all love Johnny, and, you know, the things that he did for shitbag Fafana and making him a better player last year, I mean, it, it's undeniable. He He's a very smart player. He knows how to play, but I'm just wondering if, there, if everything's so far gone at this point that, you know, even, God bless him, our... Northern Irish, you know, scarecrow gets in there. It, it, I'm just afraid he's going to get hurt and banged up again, and then and then what's yeah. what's he going to do I'm, then? I'm just I'm,
1: trying I'm, to channel Chris's positivity because we're missing him today. Someone's got to do it.
0: Yeah,
2: throw it out there. I don't have any hope for it because um
0: I don't either. He, man, just, he just made a comment,
2: basically like acting like oh, nothing's wrong with this side. This side say up. You know, we're not. In, we're basically there's no danger here in our hands right right <laughs> right
1: it's just maybe not so much anymore i just wish was... you know
2: somebody with bigger hands is making that that comment
1: yeah. <laughs> he's got sieve hands maybe that's
0: yeah grain of um, to
1: the american audience sorry um so
0: uh yeah guys that's that's in the right. anything else you wanted to touch on there guys i, I mean uh, not,
2: not, not for that game I'll just quickly say I thought Ricardo Pereira played very well too yeah. for, for what he was asked to do, and and still he's clearly not 100. percent But we saw sort of gl- uh, glimpses of the the quality that he had before yeah. his injuries and those little back he- Like he he set yeah. up the the go. goal, like making that pressing, making a great kind of back heel. Um, I thought Papi Mendy did did. Um, had an admirable game as well, and um, yeah, that's probably where it kind of begins and um, and ends for me in terms of po- and 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 the players were a bunch of um, just a bunch of just nasty, um, just angry, nasty, rough um, players, and I, collectively, I, I did appreciate that, even though yeah. um, you've got to. Rein it in for certain guys um especially the ones with um long flowing hair that love to go flying around the pitch all the time um so other than Foss getting himself sent off like it's just something so bad at the end of the year it's such a ridiculous tackle to make um I appreciated the um the aggression and nastiness that the, the guys yeah freaking yeah, she- all
0: year we did get a we did get a uh, little appearance of the Vardy that we all know and love he wasn't scoring goals but he did give a hell of a nice stomp onto Fafana just to kind of fuck you you little shit bag right at the end which I loved uh good so glad to see just a, a hint of vintage Vardy back in there doing his shit I'd rather he was
1: a vintage Vardy that scored loads of goals I'm with you I'm with you but I'm <laughs> gonna
0: I'm gonna take my victories that, because thanks. victories this year Jim are very small so I mean if he could send a message to that little turd then then that's fine with me um i guess Um, guys let's let's look forward if as much as we can uh trip to london this weekend and freaking brentford and i'll tell you what a team that's sitting i think they're in ninth now or eighth something like that and not a team that i'm happy to see on the calendar um jim what about you
1: brentford the new leicester um yeah yeah um that I, you know, they're the team that you always forget, where are they in the table and how are they doing? And then you're like, oh, uh uh-oh. Um, I I do think that, you know, they are a team that like to move the ball quickly. They like to sort of get in people's spaces and be more aggressive. If Johnny can survive a week and not get injured and we do kind of play how, you know, maybe he says, this is how we should play the back line. doesn't matter what Brendan says. And we don't leave a huge amount of space. I think we can hopefully, you know, close out <laughs> um, Chris, Chris um, from, the, from the back room saying, you know, he thinks that there may be some, some bets going on. I'm not going to say anything else about that. Um, but I, you know, I think we could look, I'm going to be positive. I've got my little predictor spreadsheet where I feel like wait for it. I hope everyone's sitting down. I think we're going to get 40 points, so which okay. is 16 more than we have. At Brentford is going to be a run of four games in a row where we're going to not lose. There's my prediction of putting it out there, people. Brentford will draw. will draw with Palace. We're going to beat Villa and Bournemouth. That's my prediction.
2: So, are you also predicting? Is that by default uh, you're predicting a managerial change?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, who's in charge here?
2: Yeah,
1: I'm predicting. I woke up. I just woke up then and said, "Did I? I think I went. Was I sleep talking just a second ago?" No. <laughs> um, so, I, I think we can, like the we the the rot has to stop. I think I did think we showed a little bit of fight that shows we can do some stuff. I don't think Ianacho can be this bad for much longer.
2: So, I'm not worried about that at all. Well, yeah, I'm, to go. We I'm know, worried that
1: goals and we stay in the game. like
2: need to score two, three goals just to get a point. Enjoy, a trust,
1: my the goals will
2: come. Our, our guys will score, oh. but can we keep the other team out of out of the goal? And I just don't, I just don't see, I don't see it, guys. Like I don't know if any of you guys um, have a bit more kind of optimism on that front to, to share with me, but um, I don't feel good right now. We've got that a weaker
1: is- spine than a jellyfish. Yeah, That's my perfect. Ray Hudson channeling there. Oh man, we got a weaker spine than a jellyfish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, well, he's dead on, uh, and I'm with you, Jason. I do not see where I mean short of you know the club coming together as a unit you know Jim kind of alluded to it that Johnny just says fuck him let's do what I say unless there is some sort of us against Brendan mentality that forms in the locker room where they all just say you know he doesn't want to be here let's do this for us let's do this for our careers I just don't I just don't that's not happening yeah
2: because, yeah, uh, I, the, Roger, the play, a lot of the players do do like Rodgers a lot, and Rogers likes you know a lot of the players. There's clearly still a good relationship there. I think the players are playing for him. I also don't think that will happen because I don't think a lot of the players will be with us next season, so they could really care less.
0: They yeah, could, my point uh, was just they they want to get some good shit on film for prospective clubs. I don't you know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, really
2: I don't, that, but. I don't know if the, I don't know how much of a difference that'll make, and if anything, um. Getting relegated will kind of put Lester in a worse position to kind of negotiate higher prices for some of these guys. So it'll be a lot easier for them to get the moves that they want, especially if they're being signed at cut rates. Then generally, what you see is when a team gets a deal on a player, they may bump up that salary a bit um, for the guy. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't feel good about the situation I don't feel good about the mindset of, of, of the team and I don't really feel like uh it's it's sunk in yet amongst the the players um, the uh the manager the coaches um, and also the the organization the front office
0: yeah it well or you the really board. can you really can look too at the roster and be like, how many of these guys have gone through a relegation fight? I mean, fucking the manager. What the closest he ever had was when he was at Watford. Um, so, it, it and it takes a it takes a attitude to to get out of that. And yeah, man, I'm I'm well, dead with you. It doesn't exist. I, I,
2: Evans was in one and he got relegated, and that's why he,
0: we got him at such a good price. West Brom, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's not a great. Uh, that's not a great precursor um well okay i guess is- goal next
1: season team
0: but we only have, have,
1: have we have well we have the best um goalkeeper from the championship from last season so that's one player <laughs> but he'll probably leave by the time he never gets a game and he has to go behind um like a wardrobe literally
0: literally all right um, hey should we
1: finish on a positive note and talk about Gary any
0: yeah yeah definitely um but just a reminder guys that uh time change has happened so uh next week <laughs> don't don't Yeats. show up too late to, to the pub um yeah Jim, I, sure. maybe um,
1: you can use the extra hour of drinking
0: that can help it can help um yeah i wanted to give a shout out to you already uh just a even way before this, a living legend in all of our minds. One of the greatest men to ever, you know, grace our our little club here. And and obviously it was a crazy weekend last for for Mister Gary Lineker, um, who made some incredible comments, and some very poignant comments, and was threatened with suspension by the BBC. Um, I you know just speaks to his character, speaks to the man himself, and just how lucky are we, you know, that we, we do have guys like that associated with our club. It's just a great reminder of that, Jason.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, you don't have to agree with, with everything that, that Gary says and all of his political positions I, I do think um, his heart is certainly in in the right place when it comes to um, the issues that he was speaking about recently and, um, and he puts his money where his mouth is and, and actually, you know, it does do quite a lot for, for refugees and even hosts, um, refugees in his home. Um, you know, I think there's a bit of a double standard without getting, you know, turning the, the podcast like too political, um, there seems to be, you know, some serious double standards about what can be talked about and what can't be talked about. And when you ruffle the wrong feathers, um, you can't say much anymore. And, um, I was uh, it was inspired. Uh, well, one thing I'll say is um, what I really love to see was that um, what did Gary decide to do when he uh, was told not to show up to work um, at the BBC on Saturday? He went straight down to Leicester and, and, and caught the game, and I think that's that says a lot about him. Um, he, uh, I've been lucky enough to to meet him and family members of of, of Gary and his you know awesome sons. And uh, all, all you know, solid guys. You definitely would want to. Um, if you ever get a chance to have lunch with them in Rome, um, you have to do it. <laughs> it's, it. It's you'll have a lot of fun. But um, you, you saw a lot of solidarity from from people all around the football world who had his back and um, you know participated in their various boycotts or sitouts or um, and. Um, it shows that, you know, he still carries um, a lot of weight just in terms of, um, you know, the, the football world and, and, and how he's perceived and how how, how much he's respected. And um, yeah, I think it's great to have someone like him, you know, um, so closely associated with Leicester City Football Club.
0: Jim, same sentiments from you.
1: Yeah, Gary's a legend. Um I think he's, you know, he's. I think he's put money where his mouth is a lot of times on lots of things. You know, I think his involvement when we were in administration. Mm-hmm. Look at his involvement in constantly sort of, you know, just dropping it in there that he's a Leicester fan and that he supports the club and he doesn't care that he's somewhat biased towards some of that and how, you know, he was. You know, you listen to him talking about, you know the uh, 5,000 to one season and the joy and passion in his his life that he was covering it as a professional but watching it following it as a fan and he just seems like you know sort of person who despite how famous he was and all the things he's done in the game like that he is a genuine person who you could spend time with and hang out with and so you know that's, that's great and you know yeah I'll leave it there you know he's a He's a Leicester legend and proud that he's part of our history and part of our heritage.
0: Well said. And I I got to shout out your comment in the group chat that he's the anti chill. Well, because that's just too good to let go. So I uh, just share that. Was
2: that. You, that was for you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Just oh, God. I hate that guy. Um, <laughs> well, on that note, guys, um, thank you for joining us on the U.S. Foxes podcast. I know times right now and especially if you're one of the newer american fans you're like what the fuck and believe me it, it this is not this is not pretty and i think jason and i are definitely on the same boat i think jim's got a little bit more optimism i think chris has way more optimism but even him, i think it's even waning on him i don't want to speak for him but i don't know how you can watch this right now and have and be optimistic about it but regardless of that guys one thing that will always be true is there will always be our small little family and community of fans we ain't going nowhere we've been through this before we'll hold your hand and guide you through the fun of the championship if that's where we end up and you know regardless this is this is who we are as a as a club is built around fighting through the tough times and we've done it time and time again and hopefully we can just do it again and uh, on that note, yeah, thank you for joining our little family each week and, and listening and, and commiserating with us because either good times when all the goals are going in or the bad times when Marty can't put one in from two inches, it's we'll be here. So um, thanks to uh, my wonderful co-hosts. You guys are the best. Uh, shout out to Chris uh, running the work from behind the scenes. You're the best too, buddy. And, yeah, guys, um, If you're traveling to London, be safe. And uh, if you're traveling to the pub in New York or Houston or San Diego, be safe as well. And hopefully we'll have something better to talk about next week. Thank you for Jim and Jason. I am Matt. And uh, yeah, guys, we'll see you next week on the U.S. Foxes podcast.
2: We ain't going nowhere. Nowhere, baby.